Our scripture this evening comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. We just read that. You just heard it in the Nativity play, but I'm going to read it one more time. Because even if we've heard it a long time, we've heard it many times, it is good for us to hear it again and be amazed by the wonder, by the amazing grace that we find here. So from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But an angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, uh, appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sometimes, sometimes familiarity blinds us to the wonder or strangeness of the world that we live in. If you've done any kind of traveling, you know what I'm talking about because people and other cultures, other countries behave in ways that we consider strange, but to them are perfectly normal. And they feel the same way about us, about many things. Up north, people know how to drive in the snow, believe it or not, uh, because they deal with it pretty much every winter. Uh, But that's not the only interesting thing about, you know, different regions even of our own country. If you order a sandwich in Pittsburgh, it comes with french fries on top of the sandwich. Uh, It's an old uh, coal, uh, you know, uh, steel workers trick. It doesn't come on the side. It literally comes on the sandwich. They did this for steel workers and coal miners so they could eat on the go. But over time, it's just become such a normal part of the world uh, in Pittsburgh that they assume tourists visiting want fries on their sandwich too, okay? Uh, Sometimes they don't. Sometimes we had no idea what was going on. Folks in Canada and other Arctic regions know what to do when you encounter a moose because there are lots of moose up there. In the White Mountains of New Hampshire, there's one moose per square mile. And in Sweden, uh, it means if you are traveling on the interstate, somebody did the math, it is estimated that within a 1,000 feet of either side of the road, you'll pass by a moose every 23 seconds. Okay? It's a lot of moose. (laughs) I'm not used to that. Their their advice, by the way, if a moose is being aggressive and you've encountered one, you should run really fast and really far away. Because they're huge, they can do a lot of damage, and there's not much a regular human can do anyway. 
The danger is so real in that part of the world that Volvo spent money to create a crash test dummy moose. Uh, so to figure out how a car would react if they hit one, not good, is what, it, is what they discovered. <laughs> but this principle of familiarity works in reverse as well. We tend to appreciate our homes more after vacation or a long trip when we return to all the things we missed while we were away. Before the pandemic that happened a couple years ago, going to big gatherings with family used to be kind of routine. But now that things are getting back to normal, it's, it's, it seems a little bit more special if we can have everybody in the same house at the same time. But our familiarity with the birth of Jesus works in kind of a sad way, too. See, all of us grew up hearing the story of the first Christmas, or a lot of us have heard it just living out in our culture. But we rarely give it or even perceive the wonder bursting from every detail of the account that is recorded in our Gospels. Rather than the focal point of the season, the incarnation, the birth of our Savior, has become part of the scenery, buried beneath layers of family tradition and the pressures and anxiety of the holidays. Amid hectic schedules, most of us tend to gloss over the reality that our Lord loved us so much, he left heaven to rescue us, his children. The facts of the Christmas story, we all know more or less what happened. There were shepherds and angels. There was a baby. Hopefully you know that part. There was a baby. (laughs) There was, you know, uh, there was all those things. It settled, all the facts have settled into our minds, but they have stopped touching our hearts. We've grown so accustomed to the story that we reduce his arrival to some past event in history that happened to shepherds or wise men, but it doesn't have a lot to do with us. And in this pattern, there's a danger because we distance ourselves from both the story and God himself. But the very fabric of the Christmas story reveals that our God is so much closer than we think. Our God desires to be close to us, to walk with us. In fact, the arrival of Jesus in the manger shows how we should expect our God to show up in our lives today, not just in the moments of great tragedy or, or, or wonderful triumph, but every moment of every day, even those moments that seem terribly routine. Luke's account of our Savior's birth is full of examples of how our God enters into this world and our lives in surprising but deliberate ways. And the details of how he arrived matter. So we're going to look at some of those details. The first thing is this. Notice that God had not told Mary and Joseph to go to Bethlehem to have their baby. They went because they were fulfilling their duty as citizens of the Roman government, which was taking a census of its people. Like most parents, the Lord had not given Mary and Joseph the specific time and day that Jesus would be born. It would have been more convenient had that happened, but they didn't have it on their calendar. As they waited for Mary to give birth to their son, they went about their normal lives. Mary stayed with family during the pregnancy. She came back home, likely to, to whispers of rumor, uh, rumors of her misbehavior. 
And when the government, uh, when the Roman Empire demanded that everybody go back to their hometown to complete a census, they just went like everybody else. They were living their lives, doing the best they could. But the arrival of Jesus tells us that our God can show up and does show up even in the most mundane of circumstances. Jesus was born when Mary and Joseph were running an errand. This is like waiting in line at the DMV or grocery store and the person next to you clears their throat and says, Hi, I'm the Lord. Do you have a minute while we're both waiting? (laughs) Imagine the presence of God appearing when you are in the middle of work or class or studying uh, for a test or practicing, you know, the guitar, when you're getting an oil change, waiting for the doctor, when you're stuck in traffic. But that is how Jesus arrived in the middle of a normal day as Joseph and Mary are traveling, just doing what the government required. Second, notice how they say Jesus arrived. Basically, Mary went into labor and had a baby. Uh, It literally says the time came for Mary to have the baby. She went into labor pains. She suffered as mothers do and had a baby that needed to be held and comforted. Joseph and Mary did not receive special treatment from the local hospital. There was nothing unique about the delivery except who had been born. That the Savior of the world is born in such a humble way, not in a palace, but a manger, and witnessed not by emperors and kings, but animals and shepherds tell us something, tells us something about the heart of our Lord. Our God revealed his glory, not in the places of power, but an overlooked stable in a small town which many regarded as unimportant among regular people. If his children could not or would not find their way home to him, then our God would come to bring them home himself. He would enter where they are. He would go to them where they are. He would be with them here on earth so they might be with him in eternity. Third, notice the proclamation of Jesus' birth occurs in the middle of a typical routine night in the same fields and skies that these shepherds had always tended their sheep for days on end. From the shepherds' perspective, there had been no warning, no signs that God was about to make his great love known to the world before the angels appeared to proclaim the birth of the Savior. Obviously, when an angel appears in the sky, you know that something special is happening. But before that night, it was just normal night, normal night. They were just doing their jobs without any hint the heavens were about to proclaim uh, the birth of the Savior. But God broke into their normal routines, their everyday life, to announce his plan of restoration could be found in a baby within walking distance. They could go and see their salvation. They could go that night. It wasn't even going to take that long. Salvation was not far off, but close at hand. And then the angels disappeared. Imagine standing in the fields, being given a glimpse into heaven itself, hearing songs from a choir of angels, and then the night returning to normal. How weird would that be? I would guess there was probably some awkwardness among the shepherds. You know, like, did you see, did you happen to see that? Yeah. Did you hear that good stuff about great joy, a savior being, some, being born somewhere in town? Yeah, I heard that. 
That was crazy. Yes, I heard that too. Do you want to go find him? Yes, we definitely need to go find him. Finally, notice that when they found him, there was nothing remarkable about the Savior. He was a baby in a manger, like any infant would be sleeping. He was not resting in a cradle made of gold or being attended to by servants. He was just a child being taken care of by his parents. Like every child that had ever been born. Without the angelic hint, they would not have known that God had broken into their world, had laid aside his glory to take on human flesh so all people might be saved. In the birth of Jesus, our God takes on flesh. He becomes human. Instead of remaining far from his children, enters our world despite the mess. Instead of remaining far away, he rushes close to us to bring us close to him forevermore. The incarnation, the miracle of the birth of our Savior points towards the resurrection, foreshadows our salvation, but best of all, tells us Jesus wants to be involved in the everyday moment of your life. Our God does not sit in the stands. He doesn't hide from his children, waiting until they know enough or they've proven their worth to him. Our God comes. Our God comes because he loves us. Preacher Martin Lloyd-Jones said, religion is man searching for God, but Christianity is God seeking his children. The birth of Jesus provides us overwhelming evidence that God desires to walk and be with his children every moment of their lives. His birth also means that our God might not just occasionally show up, not just drop by every now and then, but is always with us, present in every up and down crisis and celebration, walking with each of us every day without interruption. So this Christmas, I encourage all of you, Be amazed by the beauty and wonder of Christmas. When you look at the nativity that you might have set up in your home, don't forget the details. Remember how he showed up. When when Mary and Joseph were not expecting it, remember how he told the shepherds that salvation was nearby. Remember how he tells us, He comes to all of us today. Be astounded by the birth of Jesus and be reminded of God's love for you. Hallelujah. Amen.